Hey guys, welcome back to the DDD Buzz podcast where you can find all the news and updates surrounding the door-to-door industry. Today we get to hear from Coda Ivers, CEO of Grateful Solar. In this episode, we chat about the solar environment in general, ideas for solar sales rep regulations, as you know, pretty controversial and just an amazing topic. We also chatted about how to have an unstoppable mindset on the doors, which Coda is an expert about. And we chatted about much more. This week's episode is sponsored by Gabe Hamaday at Axix Financial, A-X-E-X Financial. If you feel like you pay too much in taxes, Gabe specializes in helping door-to-door reps save on their taxes and also maximize their investments. If you want to schedule a free one-on-one consultation to learn more, we'll put his link in the show notes. All right, guys, let's hop into the episode. We got Coda Ivers on here. Coda, we're pumped to have you, man. Stout, <laughs> um, dude. It's, uh, yeah, if you guys know, you're gonna, if you don't know who Coda is, you're gonna know who he is by the end of the year. Um, that, that's almost a guarantee, a promise. Um, but yeah, we'll get into it, Coda. Um, I could, I could say a ton of background on you intro, but I'll just let you kind of give a little background on yourself and you don't, don't try to be too humble. I know you're a humble guy. <laughs> For sure. Appreciate you having me on, dude. Um, so I'm 27 years old. I'm out here in Houston, Texas right now. Just moved out a few months ago from Draper, Utah. And I'm the co-founder and CEO of Grateful Solar. And then we've got quite a few other companies um, kind of under the umbrella of everything that we're doing, but all of it is ultimately related. Like we've got a media company, we've got a supplement company, uh, we've got a roofing company. We do a lot on the commercial side. We now have a panel procurement company. Uh, and then we you know, also have like an agency where we run ads and do a lot of stuff for e-commerce and some smaller businesses as well. So it's a little bit of a background on like who I am, what I do, but pretty much my main focus as far as like right now specifically is all solar residential. We just became an installer recently and and started doing our own in-house installs. And so that's my main focus right now. Oh, so that's like, that's public knowledge now. I know that was uh, on the, on the DL for a little bit, but that's public knowledge now. Yes and no. I mean, like I haven't really publicized it. We've been we've been working so much lately that we haven't had uh, like a public post, you know, like saying like, hey, world, you know, we're, we're doing our own in-house installs yet just because we've been nosed the grindstone this last few weeks that we literally just haven't had time to announce it. But it's no secret, um, you know, this will be the first probably the first like public place or podcast to hear about it, though. Yeah, dude, that's exciting. Holy cow. I know for a fact that you guys have been busy. So you're not just blowing smoke when you're saying that. Um, and then also, I guess for people that don't know, you know, you do solar setter you, right? Yeah. So we've also got our coaching business, which is solar sales pro. And so yeah, we have a couple programs. We have solar setter pro, which is like a really easy, simple program that helps people book more appointments. Um, that's just like a cool, small product. I think it's like 17 bucks or something super cheap. Um, and then we have Solar U, which is a more in-depth program that goes over closing, uh, Solar 101, knocking doors, a little bit more on like door knocking, um, and also like reviews, referrals, things like that. So, you know, we do events. We're actually, uh, we haven't posted about this yet either, but in November, we're going to be hosting a uh, not quite free event, but practically free. It'll be like 37 or 77 bucks per ticket, but we're donating 100% of every single ticket purchase to charity. And so wow. our goal for that is to have 
a basically free event where we can get like 500 plus people in a room and just talk about awesome things in the industry. Um, it's going to be AGNS is the name of the event. Always grateful, never satisfied, just to kind of spread the motto and spread the love. And we're going to try and get some kick-ass speakers to come out and drop some value and just kind of unite the industry and have a cool event where we can, you know, get together, learn some stuff, network, and then also give a ton of money back to charity. So. Dude, you guys are doing too many things. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's probably your enhanced supplements. You have to use those to yeah. get everything going. So yeah, you have, you guys have too much going on. So I, it's crazy. I, I'm happy to, you know, excited to chat with you today. Um, mainly solar topics. It's like, you know, kind of what's going on in the industry. There's a lot of changes happening. Um, so I guess the first thing I saw on your Instagram the other day, you know, there's always some uh, drama going on that you like to get into. Yep. And I know you cleared it up, but, you know, it's true. There's a lot of, you know, tactics that are happening in the industry. So kind of just, yeah, let us know what what's kind of going on. What are you seeing out there that bad and good things that are going on in solar right now? Yeah, and it's it's kind of a tough situation because um, basically my stance has always been that if you see something bad happening and you don't speak up and you don't do something about it and you don't call it out, it's just going to prolong and kind of, you know, make sure that that does happen again. And so I've I've been known in the industry as one of the people that will blast people on my social media if they do something sketchy or unethical. And it, it's a tough spot to be in, to be honest, like this last one got a little out of control because, um, <laughs> long story short, uh, this dude, uh, this dude at Sunder, he's one of the co-founders posted on his story specifically saying, um, stole a job from another company after permit approval. So that were, that was his words. Mm -hmm. So, awesome. <laughs> um, somebody posted it in like a Facebook group, solar sales talk with solar pros or whatever it's called. And that got like 500 plus comments, like that blew up. And then I posted it on my story, calling him out and saying, this is like not a good look for a co-founder of all people, um, let alone anybody in the solar industry to like brag about stealing a deal a couple days before, you know, install after permits are approved. So after you know, a crazy amount of DMs and like Sunder people texting me. Like I had the owners texting me. I had people that were just reps DMing me and it just got crazy really fast. Um, I hit Jet up and I uh, sent him my number and we hopped on the phone and we talked and uh, he, he basically cleared up that there were no permits. It was in Katy, right? Which is a no mm -hmm. permit area. And uh, that it wasn't even door to door, a door to door deal. It was like somebody that sold this lady over the phone and you just gave him a better deal. And I was like, uh, to be honest, at this moment, I don't know if he's telling the truth or not. I don't know the situation. Um, yeah. I feel I feel a little weird about it because <laughs> it seems like why why would you post something like that, bragging about stealing a customer after permits, but then say like that's not what happened because that if, if that if it didn't happen that way, why would you post and like say that in the first place? So it kind of got crazy. Uh, had a few of his people because he blasted me on his story. And, um, you know, while we did technically get it straightened out over the phone, we're not, I wouldn't say we're on like good terms by any means. <laughs> like there's always, there's always going to be blowback when you call people out. Um, yeah. So I probably won't be doing as much of it, especially just with how busy things have gotten, like my role specifically. It's, it's a lot of like, I guess, heat or unwanted attention. But I still do believe to my core that when you see bad things happen, like you have to speak up. 
um, whatever that means for you. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to blast mm -hmm. people on social media. You know, maybe it means that you reach out to the owners of the company, you let them know what happened and, you know, encourage them to maybe change some practices or integrate some like ethical training or something, because there's just all kinds of sketchy things in this industry. People that don't get paid, uh, you know, installs that are done super sloppily and like customers get screwed over, uh, sales reps that don't talk about the, the loan or the tax credit or reamortization. Like there's all this, all this stuff that um, ruins a really cool industry where we're able to provide such a kick-ass value for customers mm -hmm. and really genuinely hook them up and put them in a better situation. Um, but whether it's intentionally ill will um, or it's just a lack of training and understanding how things work, either way, it's unacceptable. And I feel like there's got to be something where either companies create their own ethical training and there's a lot more regulation before you're allowed to actually sell and close deals. I think for setters, it's not a big deal. Like they don't need as much training, but for closers, like if you're going to be closing solar deals, we're talking about, you know, 20,000 to hundred plus thousand dollar, oftentimes 25 year agreements. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big commitment. And while it can do amazing things for homeowners and lock in their rate and save them a bunch of money, if you're not talking to them about tax credits and they don't qualify, you know, that's like a few grand to potentially 20 plus grand that they're not going to be getting because they do not qualify for the tax credit. And then their bill suddenly goes from, you know, 147 a month to 198 a month or something like that. And they're, they're pissed about it. And so we're at this point, I was talking to Dustin Manziel about this. Uh, he's over at Good Leap and we were just kind of chatting about how if we don't begin self-regulating in the industry, we're, the government's going to do it for us. And none of us want that. None of us want this, no. this hardcore regulation to take place because it's going to make all of our jobs more difficult. Um, a lot of you know, areas could potentially not allow solar to be done door to door, potentially. Like that mm -hmm. actually happened in Illinois for a short term in Chicago area. Like they actually banned people going door to door to sell solar because somebody was identifying themselves as working uh, for the city when really they were not, they're just a sales rep. So like things like that, that just ruin it for everyone. It's this awesome industry, this awesome product. We have this amazing opportunity to make a bunch of money, but also save people a bunch of money. Um, and if we don't do something to change it and to regulate it in a good way, it's, it's not going to look good in the next couple of years. That's for sure. Dude, that you stole literally what, the next thing we're going to talk about was yeah regulation it's like you literally are reading my mind because <laughs> i know dude it's not talked about enough in the industry so exactly what you were saying it's like you have you know there's you have on a company-wide level there needs to be ethical training like you said else the government's going to have to come in because there's just so much money in solar right now that the government's seeing that it, we're trying to do good things that there's i see regulation coming it, yeah. it happens in every market you see in crypto right now it's like they kind of just let it go for for a while no regulation when you see the sec they just created a task force to go and start you know regulating i think that was yesterday or something yeah it's um, wild and so yeah it's like if crypto fanatics came in first and were like hey we need to regulate ourselves first then, I mean, I think there's still been regulation. There's it's financial stuff, but solar, it's different. It's like pest control, door to door is not regulated because, you know, it's just short term, you know, little contracts, not huge contracts. Yep. So it's just crazy. And I feel like there's two sides of solar with ethical stuff. There's 
the customer side and then the rep side. And yep. I think, you know, sometimes we talk about the rep side, but there's not enough talk on the company side with the customers. Um, so like what, tra- what kind of training do you see happening with, with these companies? Like ethical training, what do you see that looking like? So the biggest issue that I've seen happening a lot is um, I've heard of other other companies like I've, I've had people DM me saying that like they've actually been trained to do it this way where they sell, for instance, a customer on the monthly loan payment and that's all they talk about. They're literally not telling a customer that they are financing, you know, $50,000. They're just saying it's a $202 monthly payment. And the problem is when you're financing these systems, pretty much every proposal software out there and every finance company out there is built to offer the cheapest monthly payment upfront, assuming that a tax credit will be applied within 18 months. Mm -hmm. So a homeowner is being told my bill is $202 a month. Let's say their average bill is 260. They look at that. They're like, Oh, no money out of pocket, 202 bucks. Cool. Let's do it. And unfortunately, and this is just the, the blatant truth, most of this stuff is in lower income, slightly lower educated communities where they don't question as much as, as they should. Um, and so it's really easy for somebody to go in there, say like you're financially distressed, you're not very educated. I'm going to go in there and just shove these down your throat and like sell a bunch of these deals. And, you know, you might be able to trick yourself and trick your conscience into believing mm-hmm. you're doing them a favor because for the next 18 months, they might be saving some money. But then month 18 comes around, they don't qualify for the tax credit. They're in uh, their monthly payment goes up and they're trapped and they can't sell the house or they can't do something or they can't make their payments. There's just a lot of different situations there. Another thing people aren't talking about is degradation. They're not talking about how the system Mm -hmm. is um, only going to produce, you know, a certain amount. Like it's probably going to degradate at like a 0.6% per year thing. So people are getting like a hundred percent offset and they're like, oh no, no, this will cover everything. (laughs) <laughs> and they're not explaining that there's a lot of variables. If the customer uses more electricity, it's not going to cover all of their power. If there's shading because there's trees in the back and like a lot of times reps are like, oh yeah, just like, you know, don't worry about it. Like it's not going to affect it. There's just all these situations, you know, putting panels on North facing roofs where sales reps are way, way, way too trained on how to close a deal and get a quick buck and way, way, way under trained on how to actually educate the customer and inform them on the entire process. And the thing is, and this is the biggest thing that bugs me, is that you're not going to lose deals. You're not going to lose deals by uh, explaining these things that need to be explained legally, ethically, morally, all of it. You're not going to lose deals by being an ethical salesperson. Like one of my biggest arguments is I think you'll actually get more deals by being ethical because you're helping people understand things. And when people understand things inside and out, uh, it brings clarity and clarity leads to decision versus confusion will never make a decision. So you might be able to get some of these people that are more emotional buyers and like lower income more pressured situations. Uh, but you would be able to get every single type of demographic consistently if you could educate this properly, because when solar is done right, it still makes sense 90 plus percent of the time for people, mm-hmm. right? Unless they have a completely north facing roof or like a ridiculous amount of shade or you know some unique situation where you just can't help them but most of the time you can help them. And so the biggest thing yeah. is that we do, we built out like a, basically a, a document that outlines the things that must be, be covered in the sales process for all of our closers. And it's monthly payment, it's gross costs, it's net costs, it's explaining the tax credit. It's letting them know that we are not a CPA. 
um, but it, it's based off taxable income and just educating them on like the fact that it's not some rebate or check in the mail or something <laughs> like that. It's only if they have existing tax liability um, and they have three years to claim that full amount. Uh, we talk about the reamortization period and we show them the difference in the monthly payment where if they don't apply the tax credit within that time, their monthly payment will increase. Mm -hmm. um, we talk to them about degradation, the system's performance, the warranties, what they do and do not cover. Um, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, like a tornado comes through and like, you're completely fine. Like the warranty covers it. It's like, no, like you got to yeah. add this to your homeowner's insurance policy and homeowner's insurance will cover like storms and different things like that. A lot of times, depending on you know, the situation, but people are afraid to talk about that because they don't want to lose a deal. And somehow they justify in their, in their head that it's okay to lie or to mislead temporarily to do this right now, because that problem isn't coming for 18 months. And so now we're in a situation where we're starting to see a lot of past deals that were sold bubble up and cause a bunch of issues. Like one of the hardest parts of our jobs is, oh, I know a homeowner saying, oh, I know a buddy of mine that got sold and got completely screwed. He has two bills or, oh, he's got leaks in his roof or, oh, uh, his system was supposed to cover all of his power and it doesn't. There's all these situations and it's because of a shitty sales rep one or two or three years ago that sold and now they didn't qualify for the tax credit or some issues did come up. And so it's a cyclical thing where we just have to be the solution right now because otherwise like there's, it's just like the government right now, the government's in so much debt because they keep sweeping things under the rug oh, yeah. and they're like, let's just start a war to distract people. It's like, do we want to be the government where we just keep sweeping it under the rug and eventually we crumble or do we want to start chipping away at this and being the solution today because it's inevitable and it gets harder and harder the longer we let it go. And so in my mind, in a perfect world, there would be some sort of ethical certification program that every single sales rep that's a closer, and this is like a fantasy land. I honestly yeah. don't see this happening, sadly. Um, I do think that it's more likely that the government's going to step in and regulate because there's so many sales reps out there and there's just so much money in this industry that people don't care enough. But it'd be cool if there was an ethical certification program that people went through that is basically like, if I have this certification, I'm allowed to go sell solar and like sign people up. And people like, oh, you're making it more difficult. I don't want that. It wouldn't have to be anything crazy. This could literally be like a three-day program that you go and you learn the tax credit. You get educated on uh, degradation. You get educated on reamortization and the financing and how all of this stuff works. And I think that if people got educated on that stuff the right way before they started selling, they would be able to actually get more deals and, and have better interactions with customers. And ultimately, the most comfortable pillow is a clean conscience. And that's what a lot of people are missing out on right now. They might have some commissions, but in the back of their head, they know that they, you know, effed over, uh, you know, Dottie down the street and this poor widow um, who's <laughs> retired is not getting her tax credit. Right. Yeah. Dude, that. So do you, do you think it would be a solution as like a, not, I hate better business bureau. I hate that. I think it's stupid, but do you think, do you think there could be a solution like that where it's like, a, you know, a homeowner could go and see like, which rep is called, you know, certified. I know like Vivint, I think they do that with their sales reps and their, technicians like they have like a system where they have the id so if homeowners were educated it would be like okay yep. let me see your id number so then the, if they did get screwed it's like it was this rep you know and then yeah i mean i that like that's a fantasy land as well i don't know if that could ever happen but do you see something like that potentially happening too for sure i just think it's a lot harder to pull off than people uh think like i i was in the steam room the other day just sitting and like brainstorming it's where a lot of my thoughts come like 
do my workout. And then I'm sitting in the steam room and my mind's going like hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to create this ethical program and blah, blah, blah. And then I started playing it out and I'm realizing like, you know, and who knows, I still might do it. Um, find some people that are down to like do this with me because I think it's needed, but it's a big play because not only do you have to create the certification program, you have to make it credible, right? Like oftentimes that's through funding and awareness and buy-in and like, it's almost like anything else. Like if you get enough credible people to say that that's the credible platform, then it becomes credible through social credit. So that's step one. And that's already a pretty difficult thing to pull off. And then step Mm -hmm. two is then raising the awareness to actual homeowners across the country and saying, this is that certification. This is that place where if a company has this stamp of approval, you're good to work with them. They're trained ethically and you can verify the reps that, you know, are like, you can validate that like this company will only send a sales rep to your house if they're verified and have gone through this certification program. So it's possible. Um, I hope it happens. I don't know if we have the time or bandwidth to do it, but I think that it's needed. I I think it'd be better than the government. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like what, when we were chatting, I'm like, dude, with cube, I feel like we, that there could be some potential there because we're already getting yeah. all this. We're already getting all the sales reps in the system. We have their photo ID. We have a training platform, which you guys are, use the most. And so it's like, do we create an ethical sales training program that's like, hey, you, your reps can't, you know, get commissions until they went through this training? I don't know. Like, that's an idea I mean, I've had where, I yeah, mean, we, we could technically tackle it that way. And then, you know, on your end, where it's like you have that vision of like the, the um, better business bureau kind of thing, you know, on that end. So, I mean, we could connect it somehow. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking fantasy land, but I think something fantasy land is where all the good stuff happens though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, like- it's, it's definitely not an easy play, but I think it should be done. I think, um, I think there's enough people in the industry that are good that have enough influence and they're high up enough that if we did all the dirty work and laid the foundation, like that's the big thing. Nobody wants to be the one to do all the grimy, difficult work of building this thing out. So I think if it got built to the point where it's like 80 or 90% done, and then you just needed people to endorse and support and like implement it for their companies, that that's the only world where this is probably practical and could happen. So it'd be sick. No, I think, yeah, I think it's good for reps to know who's ethical and then also customers to know who's ethical so i think it's a you know i think that's what you guys and your company is all about too um just being transparent and ethical so yeah i could see it no that's that's great you know speaking of yeah you guys being an installer um which i think is sweet what um you know i feel like the, the relationship between the installer and the sales org has changed over the years like what what are you seeing right now in the market like happening between that relationship um, so to give some context over the last like two years, since I've been in solar, it's not been a long time. I've been actively in solar since, uh, January of 2020. So like two, almost two and a half years, I've, I've worked with so many different installers and I've wanted so many of them to win in, in all the different areas that we hoped they would win, like customer experience, timelines, red lines, equipment, um, communication, you know, dealer support, all these different things. And it got to the point where 
we didn't see it happening and we were frustrated with things that we were being told from the installers we were using like oh this will change you know either either they promise like we're going to fix this we're going to fix this and then after like six months you're like they're not going to fix this like they say they are but they're not or they're like it is the way it is we're a big installer there's nothing you can do about it we're the biggest out there um so like we don't have to change it and mm -hmm. it was that lack of i guess like when I look at a company, anytime we've started a company, we've never started a company to like just make cash. Like mm -hmm. there have been there have been business models that were definitely more like angled towards, hey, we can make a lot more money in this one than the other one, so we're gonna do this one. But the goal when we start a company is always to be the best in all areas when we start that company because it's a much easier approach to be successful by by just being the best. Like you look at Chick Fil A. Like they're the best in their field because of their customer service. It's the same experience. It's like every single Chick-fil-A operates the exact same way. Like I'm fascinated mm -hmm. by the Chick-fil-A model because they just do so damn good at everything. Like I, you try to catch them, like not saying my pleasure, but they my always pleasure. say my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Every time. And no so culturally, yeah. So it's cool to watch stuff like that culturally and be like, wow, like how have they done this so well? Um, and that's what we've tried to do in our businesses where every single component of the business, we identify the problems, we identify, uh, where other competitors are like lacking, um, and also areas that they're not even like focused on at all. And that's kind of what led us to starting our own installer, um, and doing everything in house is like, we're like, well, if people aren't going to do this, then we're going to do this. Like anytime we see a problem in the marketplace, it's the best business opportunity. Like right now we saw like people don't have panels. So we're like, cool, let's start a procurement company. Like it's like Warren Buffett said, when people are fearful, be greedy. And when yep. people are greedy, be fearful. And so anytime there are bad things or gaps or problems or challenges, I get perked up and excited because That's that means there's massive, <laughs> massive opportunity there, right? It's just like anything else. That's everybody's opportunity if they're, if they're looking yeah. for it. And so uh, with the installer side of things, we basically just said, okay, we're going to do this ourselves. We're going to bring it in house. And the biggest issue we saw was the communication and the relationship in general between the sales side and the operation side, because they're two different people. They're two different personalities. They want to do things that different, like on the op side, they're like, why can't these damn sales reps, you know, submit a clean packet. If they just submitted a clean packet, we'd be able to do these jobs a lot faster, blah, blah, blah. And they're getting frustrated and they mm -hmm. take it out on the sales reps by, you know, talking smack from the office and like, <laughs> oh, we're not going to push your project forward. And this weird, like animosity builds up. Yeah. And then on the sales side, they're like, wow, why can't these damn install people just like install it? Like, I don't get it. Like, why can't they just throw it up? Like, it's everything's good. Like the permits are approved. It should be installed today. Like, why are they installing next week? And they don't understand the nuances and some of the stuff on the back end. And so the goal for us was to create a symbiotic relationship with the sales side and the install side to where there was basically um, someone in between that saw that could kind of like be like the, the, the bridge between both parties that mm -hmm. spoke sales that came from sales, but also understands operations and does that because it's just like in therapy or in mediation or anything, you got to have somebody that's mediating the situation that's able to communicate with a, like a third party between both parties so that they're not just bickering or fighting at each other because they don't understand each other. So yeah. if I can talk to the ops side and I can take what the operations person is saying, but then say it in a sales uh, kind of way so that the salespeople can understand why that affects their bottom line, then the salespeople can be like, oh, that makes sense. Well, oh, if they only if they just need us to do a clean packet because it helps them install our jobs, you know, 6.7 days faster on average, then we'll definitely do clean packets. Like we want jobs installed 6.7 yeah. days faster. Like, why didn't they tell us sooner? 
And, the, and so it's just stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's stuff like that. That's like easily, not easily solvable, but it's definitely solvable. Um, and that's kind of why we started it. And then on top of that, the biggest thing we saw aside from the sales and ops relationship was lack of, of client experience. Like the customer mm. experience for solar is in my opinion, like one of the worst out there. And it's crazy because you look at like, uh, food, like look at the food industry and how important customer service is in the food industry. And we're talking about, uh, if they have a bad experience, they'll go leave a bad review and shit talk you over a $17 meal. (laughs) And we're talking about, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and we can't provide a little bit better of an experience, or we can't shoot a customer like an email or a phone call or a text updating them on their status or like, you know, a sales rep can't go out on the day of install. Like there's just these little things where it's like, we take it for granted. It's so much money and it's such a big deal for these homeowners that if we just added some things at different stages of, of their progression all the way to install, then to PTO, and then even some follow-up and like some touch points after, their experience would be world-class. And nobody that I've seen has provided a world-class customer experience. Most of the installers I've worked with either completely suck, they're so bad, or mm-hmm. they're barely good enough to prevent cancels and bad reviews for the most part. And they like accept that, like that's acceptable. That's unacceptable to me. That makes no sense. Like I don't want people not canceling. I want people shouting from the rooftops that Grateful Solar was the best experience they've ever had with anything they've ever signed up for in their entire lives. And they want everybody to come to us because we're we're the only company that they trust wholeheartedly. That's our goal. And it's gonna take us some time. Um, we've only been doing in-house installs for like literally three or four weeks so far. We just had our first in-house install actually go up today. And so that was exciting. I went up and like got on the roof and took some pictures and stuff. Um, But it was cool because Lewis, the guy that I I personally worked with, because I sold this guy and he was like, thank you, man. Thank you so much. I'm always grateful. Like he was just the best customer ever. Um, And so it's great to see that happening. So it's like, how do we do that on every single customer now and at scale? Because we're doing a little bit of volume in-house in Houston right now. So when we open Mm up, uh, Florida, Colorado, Dallas, Arizona, California, Utah, like all these different markets. How do we do that in those other markets with other sales teams, other labor crews? Um, and that's kind of what we're, we're trying to like dial in and working with companies like you. There's another company we just really onboarded for client experience specifically. Uh, we just hired our director of operations. Who's amazing. Like Samantha's her name and she just crushes it for us and she's, um, super needed. So it's just finding good people that have the same ethics and those same ideals to bring together this dream team that isn't satisfied with good enough. Like that's always like, how can we go above and beyond and provide a world-class experience in every single thing that we do? Well, dude, you guys are just, you can tell everything that you just said. The reason why now you're not just blowing steam is because you guys don't just say, Hey, yeah, we can just go and start a solar company, hire some reps, make, make a ton of cash. If you go, you know, everyone that's listening, if you go and see you guys' Instagram, what you guys are doing, you guys have built a program, you know, like, here's what we provide. Here's our vision. Here's our solutions. Like companies aren't doing that. Cause you know what, that takes time from what you guys want to do in the upfront to build a company that you need. And I think like what you just said, with Chick-fil-A, it's exactly the same. Chick-fil-A doesn't just say, Hey, let's go and open up a restaurant. Hopefully it's good. They say, Hey, here's our plan every single store has the same standards same exact processes the same exact experiences and so if you guys you know you guys are doing that taking that model to the solar industry and it hasn't been done that i've seen so that you go to all these different markets 
And it's like, oh, Grateful Solar is the same in Colorado as it is in Texas. Yes. And it's hard to get to that scale. But I think, yeah, I think you guys can do it and show people that that's, that's what needs to happen. And I love that. I, I want to know a little bit more about, you know, the last thing that we'll chat about is the, you know, the panel procurement that you guys are doing. Like, just give us some insights into that. I'm just curious. Yeah. So the industry is in a weird place right now where a lot of the actual materials used to build the, the cells themselves for the panels are uh, in a major shortage right now. Right. So like to give you guys an example, um, even like batteries for hybrid cars, kind of the same thing. Like we saw a huge shortage with a lot of cars that were either electric cars or hybrids, um, batteries, same thing. Um, and so like I ordered my Camry hybrid in on August 2nd. And it was available for me at the beginning of April. So like literally less than a month ago. And so to look at that timeline, that gives you like a small, you know, bit of context on like just, just overall, like what those types of materials are right now in terms of shortages. So you look at this industry that's booming like solar and you look at how rapidly it's growing. Um, obviously there's a big shortage, but then you double that down with the recent uh, tariff imposements that have been happening to where like they're imposing like massive massive tariffs on a lot of these uh containers that get to port to where if it comes from china at all because what happened was people were ordering panels that originally came from china but then they're like oh let's move it from china to taiwan and then to the states so we can avoid the tariffs hmm. uh well they searched and they found that a lot of these uh a lot of these containers actually did originally come from china and so now they're like putting all these tariffs on a lot of these uh, container orders that are at ports. There's a lot of panels that are actually on the water right now that companies and people aren't claiming because the tariffs are so astronomically ridiculous that it, it's not even feasible for them to get those panels. So we just so happen to be lucky enough that on the commercial side, our partner Deke that has had this commercial company actually had a huge exit on a residential company a few years ago. Uh, he exited for like hundred million and, you know, I started commercial after that. So we partnered with him on the commercial side and he's talking to us and he's like, oh no, like we we're good on panels. I'm like, what do you mean? And Blake, my partner and him were talking and, and come to find out he's got these wildly good direct to manufacturer relationships um, where he gets great pricing, but also like has a ton of availability. Mm -hmm. So we were like, well, we know everybody in the solar industry, like not everybody, but we know a lot of people in the solar yeah. industry, like we could probably help a lot of people get panels and like mark these up by like two cents and make some money by saving these people 10 cents. Right. So it's just mm -hmm. a quick flip, but also like helping these people that can't get panels and can't get panels for this price. And so it's almost like we're brokers where uh, we're at the point now where because of how many orders we've lined up, we're actually negotiating and getting better rates from certain manufacturers because we've ordered like megawatts and megawatts and megawatts for wow. different companies that pulled in their volume to where now we have better pricing as brokers than somebody who goes directly to the manufacturer because we have more power than the manufacturer themselves in terms of pricing just because we bring all their volume. So now yeah. that we control the volume, we kind of control the pricing. Wow. And a couple of them, a couple of the manufacturers have actually agreed and in, in writing for their contracts for us said they will eat the tariff costs if they are imposed at port. So now we're completely protecting the clients and the people we're working with that are buying panels through us in writing, because if there are tariffs, which is what everybody's scared of right now, they don't have to worry about it. The, the manufacturers themselves will cover it. So this was like a really wow. random sudden emergence <laughs> company that we started. It's called Green Tech. And we started this thing literally a few weeks ago. 
Um, and we've just been slinging panels. Like we've got, I think like 20 megawatts that are signing after international labor day is, uh, complete, which I think is like Friday or Monday. And it's just been super fun to help people and like hook them up, but also to make some side cash off of, you know, this really unique opportunity that came up through a big problem. That's insane, dude. You really do just find the problems and just go for it. (laughs) Like with with everything, you just see the problem and you don't wait. That's, it's probably, you probably just think about it in your sauna or something. You know, <laughs> and you're like, all right, I can imagine you one day, hey, I think I want to sell some panels. And then here you are a couple of weeks later, 20 megawatts, dude. It's it's crazy how, how you, you work. It's um, been weird. It's been fun. Dude, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, you guys are doing freaking tons of things. So, you know, I guess the last bit is for any solar rep that's listening right now, what's the one piece of advice? that you'd give them going forward? For a solar rep, um, I'd say this. I would say find a company that you can trust, right? Find leaders that you can trust because sometimes it's, it's, it's both. Like make sure the actual leader you're following and the actual company you're following, you can trust them. And then become myopic. In entrepreneurship, you don't want to be myopic. You don't want tunnel vision. You kind of have to be, you have to be focused, but you have to kind of keep your head on a swivel and be aware of other opportunities and other challenges that are coming your way. When you're a sales rep, it's almost the opposite. Like you don't want to get distracted. You don't want to try Mm -hmm. doing multiple things. You don't want to um, be looking for this place or this place to see if the grass is greener. If you have a decent place and a decent opportunity where you feel good and you feel like you trust the people and like the people that you work with, become tunnel vision, become myopic, put your head down and outwork everybody. It's only going to serve you. I mean, I've done seven years of door knocking And a lot of what I'm doing today and a lot of really everything that I'm doing comes from uh, the things that I learned by uh, suffering and struggling and winning and working and grinding and crying and like all the weird (laughs) things that happen in door to door. And so, but like, had I not gone all in and knocked hard and worked, you know, my ass off and stayed focused on the doors, I wouldn't have gotten the lessons that I needed to, or the capital that I needed to, to get into all this other stuff. And so if you're in a sales rep, understand that like, it's just a phase of your life. People think when they make decisions, they're making decisions for their whole life. You make decisions for phases of your life. And if you're a sales rep right now, like realize that you made the decision to be a sales rep for this phase in your life. So for this season, go all in, become myopic and get everything that you can out of it. And then when the next season comes, you'll know, and then you can make a new decision for that season, but focus on making the decision to be all in and completely focus on selling as much as you can and as best as you can right now in this season that's got to be the best piece of advice i've heard honestly i i've never been able to explain that the way that you just explained it but so true if a rep just puts their head down for a year two three years then they can get be in your position you know it's like that's what a lot of people don't realize they though i'm calling coda ivers an overnight success right now but it's like it seems like that but it's because of your past experience door knocking is the best way to wealth to entrepreneurship i think um that's why we care that's why you care about the transparency about bringing out what's bad in the industry because not because we just want to call people out but we want the industry to survive like this is where all the the riches are made so anyways what you were just saying for all reps take that listen to it again and again and again and once you're committed you'll you'll be successful so excited for that dude 
that was Coda Ivory's, my guys, um, everyone that's out there listening, one of the best guys. You'll know who he is by the end of the year. I can promise you that. So thanks for being on, Coda. Thank you. I appreciate you, man.